It's that time of week again, everybody. It's time for another Art House Rewind. I'm Matt. I'm Arliss. And I'm Brian. And we are here to talk about all things film, art, and culture, particularly as it pertains to the Art House Cinema and the Babcock Theater in Billings, Montana. Gentlemen, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm good. Good. Well, you may have noticed, if you've been uh, following closely at home, that we did not post a podcast last week. Brian, why didn't we post a podcast last week? What happened? I... I had my annual sick day. <laughs> <laughs> Brian was deathly sick and did not come in, and so he's still sitting across the room from Arliss and I. But, you know, as most things around our house, if Brian's not around, we just don't even bother. Why bother Why? if Brian's not here? The boss isn't going to come down on us. <laughs> <laughs> so, all that to say, uh, there's been a lot that's been happening, but most importantly, Brian, before we jump into it uh, in our conversation this week, tell the people the three things they need to know that's coming up this week oh, at Art House some Cinema big and things. Um, I'd say probably the biggest one is that it's Jesus' birthday weekend. So <laughs> That is a big deal. we celebrate yep. that. Uh, but uh, in celebration of that, we have... On Friday, one of the best uh, Christmas movies of all time, we have Die Hard yes. at the Babcock. Arliss, are you on the bandwagon of yeah, it's a Christmas it's, movie? Yes. Okay. No. I, mean, I, I am fully on board with that. Yep. So yep. come check that one out, Babcock. And then the next day, we will have two showings for our free movie buffs uh, series. We have a Muppet Christmas Carol as well, uh, which is... A great one to check out on the Classic. big screen. I don't think I ever saw it on the big screen. I've never seen it on the big screen. Yeah, no, so. it's my yearly watch. So yeah, <laughs> so. Really? yearly. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Yeah, uh, me neither. I've, I've only seen it on the little screen. We had like a 13 inch TV that I thought was giant at mm-hmm. the time, and boy, is that thing tiny now. Yeah, it's so, so small now. My DVD so. still has the four by three. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Anyways, sorry. Got got distracted. Yep, and then uh, the last big thing is that this weekend we are opening uh, kind of a big awards darling. It is Yorgos Lanthimos's uh, Poor Things opens this weekend Woo-hoo. at Art House Cinema and Pub. Uh, very excited for this one. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, Yorgos Lanthimos has done some other art house favorites like The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer, as well as The Favorite and... Uh, Dogtooth, he is an out there director, and uh, this one looks great. It's getting a lot of buzz uh, surrounding not only him and his direction, but cinematography, best picture. Emma Stone is getting lots of good stuff. Uh, Willem Dafoe is getting lots of good stuff. I'm really excited for this one. <laughs> I, I think it's probably my most anticipated, anticipated movie of the year. So. Yeah. Very excited. But speaking of anticipated movies, uh, one that we opened this past weekend that we're going to talk about today, I was anticipating quite a bit for a lot of months uh, leading up to it. Maestro, uh, which comes to us from Bradley Cooper, uh, not only stars him, but it's directed by him as well. And uh, it's something that uh, we opened on Friday and it played pretty well for us. It was a good time. So, uh, Brian, anything people need to know specifically about this movie before we jump into the conversation? Uh, Yeah. So this is a biopic. uh, Again, like you said, uh, directed by Bradley Cooper, also stars him uh, playing uh, Leonard Bernstein and uh, kind of focusing a lot on the relationship with his wife um, through the decades. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good, uh, you know, biopic look at this great man and the woman behind him and maybe some of the other uh, relationships he had along the way as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's 
incredibly well done, mm-hmm. and that's about all I can say. <laughs> sure. I think, so I was really excited for this. After A Star is Born, you know, I think uh, I've, I've seen things over the years about how much of uh, a student of cinema Bradley Cooper is mm-hmm. and has been, and there's like these different moments recorded where he's kind of shown up for different things. So A Star is Born was great and kind of showed in some ways not just his acting chops but his directing chops because that did really well. Yeah. And then I remember hearing about this film uh, not only is th- that he was directing it, but all of the work and energy that he was putting into it to bring his best, you know, uh, representation of uh, conductor, you know, and spending mm-hmm. months and months and months learning how to conduct certain pieces and do certain things because he wanted to get it right. And so at the end of the day, it felt like, oh, man, I'm, I, I think this is going to be great. Carrie Mulligan always yeah. enjoyed her. Like, this is going to be really, really excited. And so we watched it on Friday. And Arliss, what did you think? I thought it was fine. Fine? I, it, it was a movie. That's the only thing I walked away from it because for me, yeah. I just... <laughs> when I say something is fine, it means I was super bored during the movie. Oh, so man. Because for me, it... I mean, the guy kind of talks like this the whole movie, so I didn't know what was, what Arliss was being a, said a lot of This is not a video podcast. Arliss has a pencil in his mouth yeah. pretending to be a cigarette, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so it got to you. I, I, but I do applaud how ambitious Bradley Cooper was when it comes to all the technical technicalities of the film. Like, just from right from the beginning after it gets in, gets right into the black and white sequence, sure, just sure. a tracking overhead shot leading into the auditorium. And, so what you yeah. basically did is the participation award that my daughter got at the end of the soccer season mm-hmm. of, you guys tried really hard, mm-hmm. so here's your juice box. Yep. Okay, got it. So Bradley Cooper deserves a juice box, according to Arliss. Got it. Well, we shouldn't have started there. Uh, let's uh, try to pick this thing up. Brian, what did you think about the movie Maestro? Um, so... I think that it is kind of one of those quintessential uh, Oscar bait movies. Sure. It's uh, about a famous person, someone that even has ties to movies like West Side Story and that. And uh, I think Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan are like acting their asses off and mm-hmm. like really putting it all into it. You can see it just dripping off the screen of how into these roles they are and it is what i mean kind of in that quintessential oscar thing is that in five years no one's going to think of this movie ever again hmm. that's why mm-hmm. I. Kind it's going to make a big splash now we're going to talk about it through awards season will they won't yep. they as far as nominations and yep. awards and I, then- I do also appreciate some of that cinematography that I ta- that we talked about about how every era looks like the sure. era that it's from and i do think that there was some command of the camera to really do some unique shots and angles and, uh, you know, effects that just really come off really well. But again, it's not really something that I'm looking forward to watching again. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I would give it more than the Arliss fine, (laughs) just so everybody knows. But I think, so I really, to Brian's point earlier, I loved that aspect. Like when, when you're watching it and there's particularly out of the gates after he gets a phone call Mm -hmm. about, uh, conducting like just the way the camera moves and the way they're lighting things, it, it simultaneously has this energy of a, of a modern film, but that this aesthetic and this, the work that's been put into it to make it feel like it could have come 
out at that time as well. Yeah. And so, it, so I really enjoyed that. There's some musical numbers that they're doing similar things. Oh yeah, with. the music stuff. I love. You woke up like, for the music. That's the... good. That you you like looked up and yeah, watched I that was part. Like it just, I opened my eyes because it was really loud in the theater. But um, the scene, the scene where he's like conducting in the church, like just with our yep. speakers, like that was the moment that I knew mm-hmm. I was waiting for, and yep. like finally getting to see a piece play out and mm-hmm. him showing off the conducting skills that he learned and yeah it was just like i was like yeah this is that, yeah. that part was great like if i could peek in every time and just rewatch that scene i would so. it's uh, that piece i mean i think it's it's six plus minutes it felt like mm-hmm. like it's it's a good chunk for something like that and it works it works so well and i don't know if it's like one of those things does it work because you didn't get it the whole movie or and that's the only time you got it like that was your little cherry on top or uh, I'm, but I'm also with you, Arliss, from the standpoint of... Um, so I'll just back up. I love the cinematography. So mm-hmm. every every decade essentially feels like the decade. They're not only telling the story of that decade or moments from that decade, but they're like the way it's shot and colored and all that stuff, it feels like that. So that was really fascinating. There was a shot that stood out to me. I can't remember exactly when in the film it was, but there was a shot that I remember looking up, and it holds on it for a good minute or so of... Carrie Mulligan standing backstage and his shadow mm-hmm. just projected onto yeah, her and that in it, it it looked really great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it looks really cool. It sounds great. Like I remember, especially in the church scene with with uh, uh, where he's conducting the London Philharmonic, like there's this feeling that I had of like, oh, this is why, and we're going to say this all the time, but this is why it needs to exist in a movie theater. Yeah. Like it just, I, I get you can watch it at home and crank it and have surround mm-hmm. sound, but there's something about the space of the theater. There's yep. something about experiencing with other people in the theater that just, I, mean, I just, I really, really enjoyed yeah. that. So um, cinematography, all that stuff. Where I would agree with you, Arliss, on the fine aspect would just come down to my connections with the characters and the story. Yep. Like, here's somebody that has done so much in the art world, and it felt like we all knew that. And other than the London Philharmonic and maybe a couple other moments, you never really see the the master at work. You mm-hmm. see the behind-the-scenes relationships and thing, like things that are going on, but I never really connected with any of those things going on or those relationships. I never really felt any yeah. strong tension. There was the relationship between uh, him and, and Carrie Mulligan, his, his wife, and the story that was being told. But even that story was something that I, I personally never really connected with. And so <clears throat> as the story goes and ebbs and flows and all that stuff, I, I wasn't really along for that ride. And that's probably yeah, where... That's where I landed <laughs> because I didn't... That's why I was saying, well, I watched the movie is because I didn't really care that much it was just not because i was being heartless it was just because it i didn't like where the movie chose to focus on his work and some and so it just felt like endless sequence of events of like oh here they are again and oh here's the arguing scene and then snoopy's (laughs) in the window now i'm just kidding (laughs) i yeah i get it and it, it it feels like it's it's a victim of trying to tell a life that cannot possibly fit within a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be selective about what you tell, but they yep. still tried to tell his entire professional career, essentially, mm-hmm. from that first phone call to the end. And so it's like, at, at some point, it, it really suffers from that biopic piece that we've all seen before, where it's just like a bunch of 
recalling of events. This happened, then yeah. this happened, then yeah. this happened, then this happened, and then that's the movie. And so for me, that through line or that characterization, I never, I never really connected with as far as who he was, what he wanted. I think there's some really cool scenes and moments that are well written and well performed where he's yeah. talking about his yeah. art form. He's talking about what he does, and like, I like that. But then the character himself, I never really connected with. It was just he said mm-hmm. something really eloquently, and I really liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, would agree with a lot also of that. just the insert of some of his like famous music pieces too, like the on the town sequence, like just letting that play out with a whole musical number, mm-hmm. even with him in it. I was like, that was great. When they got to West Side Story, they just put that song over a random <laughs> sequence. That was weird. I did yeah. Not know. yeah, this is either like I remember mm-hmm. in the moment thinking like this is really brilliant art that I'm not understanding, mm-hmm. or this just felt like I think you said it that way. Or that's like they got to use it somewhere, so yeah, let's so put it here. Like let's just yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I get that and. And we talked even like about like there's a part of me that would love to see it like just zeroed in on one aspect of his career. Like, mm-hmm. you know, West Side Story. Let's focus on that. Or that first phone call. And hey, that first that's, phone yeah. call and like mm-hmm. tell that story. So it, I think it's a, it, it's a good film. I think Bradley Cooper, yeah. everybody involved is, is incredible and does a great job. It's just, it, it, for me, it didn't live up to the hype that I wanted it to. Yeah. That being said, you, Arliss, you and I were just talking upstairs. Uh, there's a lot of people that have come out of this movie like emotionally impacted. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's the beauty of film. Like, we can have this conversation and somebody is still going to walk out yeah. and be like, that was I, I always feel weird whenever I don't give something a glowing review sure. on this podcast, but it's like, I also know that there's things that I've really loved that no one else like, <laughs> came to really felt. So. Yeah, and I was like, and these guys get scared when I share my opinions, but no, I still have a lot of positives <laughs> yeah. on this movie yeah. that, like, can sell the movie to you beforehand. So. And, and maybe the things that we don't like about it are the things people yeah. do like. Of like, ah, I, I got to experience this whole life. And, and I, got to I, I also encourage people that, like, if you hear me say something about a film, but you feel opposite, challenge me on it. Yeah. Do it. Like, yep. that's that's part of what we want to happen. <laughs> yep. I think that's one of the uh, cool things about film in particular. Like, none of us actually created this, so it's mm-hmm. not like we're bashing our friend or you know someone that we know it's like we're pretty disconnected from it so we can be honest and then we can also be honest about the fact that our experience is not the end all be all experience like someone else could totally love it and that's Mm -hmm. great and that's awesome so okay well all that to say we are going into the holidays so uh not quite sure what the podcast schedule is going to look like we might need to do an emergency podcast for poor things uh coming out friday uh, just because yeah. I'm so excited about that. And well, we probably won't do it Christmas morning. We're not going to do a Christmas. Well, you guys can come over if you want. <laughs> I'll be in my PJs. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll try to keep up to date. But other than that, got a holiday season coming on. It's been just, if you're curious, the last few weeks of Art House has just been so great. So many people coming through, experiencing the space. We've got the uh, full kitchen menu, full pup menu. Yep. Is coming alive on December 27th. So that Wednesday in between Christmas and New Year's will be our first day for that. So there's going to be a new restaurant in downtown Billings to come check out. Uh, He's been giving us samples of a lot of the things, (laughs) and we're only slightly heavier than we were at the beginning of this month. I'm going to be sad when it's like, oh, no, now I have to start paying. (laughs) I think you should keep working on this one, Jason. It needs a couple more tries. So, no, such good food. I ate. A total fat kid moment. He brought out a lamb burger for me, and I ate it. And then about 15 minutes later, he's like, I got another one. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah, I do. (laughs) And it was like 3 in the afternoon. It wasn't even a meal time. So anyways, lots of good stuff happening here. Make sure to follow along at where, Brian? 
arthousebillings.com. And you can get everything you need to know there and at the Babcock. So thanks so much, everybody. Happy yeah. holidays. Yeah.